The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the view of Wolfpack Research or any of its officers. The views and opinions expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on this program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. We are not investment advisors. We hold no registrations with the SEC, FINRA, or any other regulatory agency, and none of the opinions expressed on this podcast should be considered investment advice. Listeners should assume that we have positions in and stand to benefit from any stock or other security mentioned on this podcast. Do your own research before making investment decisions. Welcome to the Wolfcat. This is the I Hung Up on Warren Buffett podcast. I'm Dan David. I'm joined here today by The Pack, Reed Sherman, Carl Bubeck. Uh, joining us as a guest today, a color commentator of sorts, is Carson Block. We had planned to launch in earnest in a couple of weeks with uh, many shows in the can. But as it turns out, fate had a different plan. The Hindenburg research report on Nicola yesterday, Nicola, Nicola, whatever you want to call it. I think I'll call it Nicola. That should piss some people off. It really lit a fire under the investment community. And I had an idea as I walked outside of my office and I started arguing with all of my analysts about the report back and forth. We generally agree, but there are some points of argument that I think need to be discussed here. Uh, I took that to my friend Carson Block, who's kind enough to join us here. Thank you for joining us, Carson. Yeah, uh, happy to be here on the inaugural show here. Great. Uh, And Carson and I started to argue about the report uh, to some degree or have some debate, I should say, rather than argue. Uh, And I thought, hey, look, this is some great content. People want to hear what short activists who are maybe disinterested in somebody else's report to begin with, in that we did not invest in it. We had nothing to do with putting it together. I believe, Carson, you had nothing to do with it, correct? No. Okay, so we had no short position going into this report. Uh, We were just bystanders, spectators, and readers. And then we start talking about it, and we thought you might want to hear it. If you don't want to hear it, go fucking listen to something else. That's fine. But if you do... Sit in with us, have a conversation, and uh, see how it goes. So talking about the Hindenburg Research Report, I wanted to get, like, first of all, Carson, your initial thoughts on the Hindenburg Research Report. Well, I actually was really impressed by it. Um, You know, for one thing, Bloomberg was the first to break that there could be some issues with the way that Nicola presented the truck and that there was oversell and real chaos behind the scenes. But I mean, Nate managed to bring new news. You know, that's the big thing that you, you run into when you're a short activist is that you can get dismissed as old news, which is really a bullshit dismissal, right? Because whether it's old or new, it's pretty relevant, but just the way that media world and investing world works, need to bring new news and he did bring some new news and uh i thought that he presented things in a very effective way and uh he laid it out laid it out nicely i mean you and i I think one of the points of discussion yesterday was whether it was helpful to talk about the history of the company or just get right into the thesis and usually the way i write i get right into a thesis but i felt like this was really helpful in this case because 
like I'd never heard of Nikola until a few months ago. And to explain how this company got from zero to where it is and why it's still effectively zero is, yeah, I think uh, I, I felt that was really helpful in this instance. So well, I, I think you had a great feel for how to present it. I mean, actually, what we were kind of debating wasn't necessarily the history of the company uh, being relevant. It is it is extremely relevant. It was where I thought he was placing Trevor's history prior to the company, which is very colorful. And taken at face value, the report and Trevor's history prior to Nicola, he's a shithead. No doubt about it. If you take it at face value, what's written there. I just thought I wanted to see what the problems were with the publicly traded company sooner. Having said that, that's stylistic. That's fine. Uh, and overall, I'd have to say you and I both agree. We don't often say this about other reports that are written. Nate writes a really nice report. I mean, it's really well written and easy to follow. Whether you put one section in front of the other is a judgment call. Um, that being said, some of the allegations are pretty damning. And it, it automatically, it didn't, it didn't take 10 seconds for any conversation to devolve into comparisons of Elon Musk and Tesla. Correct? Right. Well, our initial argument with this was, you know, whether it would cause the SEC to go after Nikola or Milton um, because it would highlight the fact that they didn't really go after Elon Musk, given all of the shit he's done, including the ongoing Solar City suit and obviously funding secured, the truck that may or may not exist. Um, and I think... <laughs> I don't think Trevor Milton is Elon Musk, was my argument. And I think that the SEC may go after him, you know, with this information to make up for, mis you know, giving Elon a slap on the wrist, basically. Your and thoughts on that, Carson? Well, I think the first question is, where's the securities fraud, right? What What is misleading? What is a lie to us? What is misrepresentation is not necessarily a it, it doesn't necessarily violate the uh, securities regs right. and one of the things that is is true and it's like how every fucking biotech company you know exists or gets that stock price up is the safe harbor so right. whenever you listen to an earnings call they just read that verbatim language about the safe harbor and so i i question I mean, it's not it's not like there be that Nicola is being accused of producing fraudulent financial statements. So these are really statements about the state of the technology. And I don't know. I, I feel like that's that's probably a hard case for the SEC to bring. I mean, note that. Note that the SEC, when it you know, when the SEC did go after Elon Musk, I mean, the only thing that it's it's really pushed was a statement about, uh, you know, a purported takeover, take private. I mean, right. that's, that's middle of the fairway for the SEC getting into this 
you know, well, what's the, you know, what are the requirements in terms of presenting a truck that's partly to industry and, you know, where do you draw the line between bluster and, and the securities violation? I, I suspect that's murky territory. Look, I, and I'm not an expert in securities regs here, but I don't know that it's, it's the cleanest case. I mean, there, like I said, there's a reason the SEC focused on the take private with Tesla as opposed to all of the other promotional statements that, you know, really Musk should have known at the time are just not going to prove out, prove out to be accurate. Right. Right. I mean, the funding secured thing was, I mean, he basically put it up on a T for them. It couldn't have made it any easier, really. Well, I mean. <laughs> Except for the fact that he's Elon Musk. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, if, I, I've never been that vociferous critic of Tesla and Elon Musk. Which is amazing to me. Yeah. Well, there were just too many people involved at, at some point in time, especially you've got Jim Chanos involved and, and, and some others that are just, you know, really, really intelligent investors. What do you really have to add to this versus running your business and finding something new and original? And the fact of the matter is, I, you know, you and I disagree on this. I think Elon Musk is an extremely intelligent guy, an innovator, an absolute disaster what we agree agree on uh of a ceo uh and has no sense of corporate governance and doesn't really know the difference between you know uh, wishful thinking and and dreaming up what's going to happen from here to the moon and actual financial guidance and outlook that being said yeah he's not trevor milton however i don't think you can go after trevor milton for the exact same things that Elon Musk did, and you gave him a total fucking pass on it. I don't, I don't think you can do that. And that's what you and I were disagreeing on, Reed. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, a t it's a touchy area, right? especially because with Steve Jobs, you know, they used to call it, a, this has been well chronicled, they used to say that Steve Jobs had this reality distortion field. And defenders of Elon Musk will say the same thing that um, he, you know, he perceives only what he wants to perceive. And that's also great motivation for those around him. So I, I think the SEC kind of buys into that to some extent, and maybe they should. But, um, I, you know, that, that's why I think a case based on misrepresentation of a truck might be, you know, not your average securities fraud case. Um, and, you know, one other thing that I, I saw, and I, I don't know this company well, and I'm not, and I was really impressed with the report, but I was looking on Twitter yesterday in the afternoon, and I saw somebody who's Nicola Backer um, tweeted out a video that Trevor shot in July. And in the video, a truck drives up, you and he runs alongside it, you hear the the engine it's not it's not very loud at all he gets inside it i mean it looks like this thing is working now granted okay i mean i I've, I've seen a lot of shit that's been stage managed but he did that in july and you know there might be some technology here that works i mean i you know i, I think nate's point was that there were times when presented things that as as though they do work and they did not at least 
the you know the truck plugged in through the stage or the truck rolling down the hill but you know if there is technology that really works and they got and they have some trucks that really work i don't know it becomes a harder case to bring well i mean i think technology works it's just not their technology which is what a lot of the report says right they they say they manufacture almost all of their technology in house yet they're it seems like their inverter uh, was you know made by Cascadia or or whoever they had green tape over over the label of it uh, and you know they're they're reinventing how batteries are made they're, they're revolutionizing the battery industry and then like you know a, a month or two later they're 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 not doing that anymore they're just gonna go buy them from GM so you know where do you really I think you cross the line at some point and and really I think that that truck rolling down the hill, that's pretty fucking deceptive. I mean, I get that it says, quote unquote, in motion, which is really smart to say, look, this isn't this isn't testing our vehicle. We never said it was running. Technically, it's in motion. It's rolling down a hill. But the way it is shot, the average investor is going to believe that that is a running truck. Now, I want to know. It's still kind of an open question, although I, I, I truly believe Hindenburg's report and Nate at this point that that was not a running truck and they were just rolling it down that hill. And for my part, that's pretty wrong. And, and I'm going to get back to this part of it as well, not just the SEC, but what about the board of directors? Uh, and, and not everybody start laughing at once that corporate <laughs> governance matters, but you have a board of directors here, especially like Jeff Ubbin, who is Mr. ESG. And part of that ESG is corporate governance, which is the worst part of investing today. There is absolutely no such thing as corporate governance, especially from from a, a board. But if that is the case, what does the board say about tests like this that are deceptive and misleading or about inverters that have tape over them? Well, I, I think, the, well, first, I think... The first problem is that uh, Trevor Milton isn't the CEO. He's the chairman of the board. Fair. Okay, fine. Okay, if, if that is a problem. I think it's semantics, but... Well, what's the board going to yeah, do when their chairman is... without a difference. What do you mean, what's the board going to do? We're talking about Jeff Ubbin. Like, if this guy really thought this report... Let's put it this way. If he or any other of the financial demigods think this report is wholesale bullshit, they're just going to Carl Icahn this shit and you know, throw like 50 million billion bucks at it, squeeze the fuck out of everybody, and there you go. But does that square with their morals at this point? No. no. Okay. Uh, of course not. Well, I don't think Jeff Ubbins going to Carl Icahn it. I mean, Carl Icahn, Carl Icahn's it. Um, if you're Jeff Ubbins, maybe you don't really know, and he's trying to launch an ESG product. So, he probably, you know, there's there's headline risk here for him, or incremental headline risk, right? So, if he resigns right now, it seems to validate the report, and he takes a black eye. If he rides it out and says, well, I'm looking into this, 
that's probably the smart thing to do and damages his reputation the least and then maybe quietly slink away at some point when this either when this is blown over or people have forgotten about it. And if he adds to it, that really ups the headline risk for him also. So I don't think he's going to add, and I suspect he won't fail. I mean, how many times have we shorted companies that are real frauds, I mean, total frauds, and directors don't resign for a long time? Um, almost every years. time. Yeah, almost every time. So I don't, I don't think Jeff Hubbin is is going to really do much here. Um, but you have so. to imagine the board is meeting this weekend, right? They're they're meeting this weekend. I mean, Zoom, whatever it is, and they're going to talk about this because that response today that the company put out. Let me see if I can pull out this half page response <laughs> after after. Him pounding the table, uh, Trevor Milton pounding the table. Let me read his first tweet of the day yesterday. Cowards run. Leaders stay and fight for integrity. Hindenburg is only making people love us more, trying to destroy us. This will take the rest of the day to address <laughs> the, the false one-sided statements, but I will put out a detailed report to address it. In the meantime, troll on. Okay, his detailed report is... um. Um, we didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, there was another tweet in between there where he mentions um, staying up all night, working 14 hours straight on this detailed point-by-point right. point rebuttal. Right. And then Mommy and Daddy said he couldn't say anything this morning. So Mommy Kirkland and yeah, Daddy Ellis. I, yeah, so I'll, yeah, I'll give you my, my kind of interpretation of all this for whatever it's worth. Um, first of all, tremendously impulsive, impatient, immature move by him to respond by tweet like that. And I think I even highlighted that, you know, most companies at least will you know, call up legal and, you know, have somebody take a quick look at a, at a response before putting it out. Um, this does not that does not speak well of him as a CEO. Now, the res, you know, the quote response this morning. I mean, almost looks like he was doing or they were doing the smart thing, but then they they also did really the dumb thing. What I mean by that is when a company is the subject of a report, uh, negative report, really the smart thing for them to do is to say, we disagree. We not we think this is wrong. But you know what? We're not really going to engage here. We're just going to put our heads down. Do what we've been telling you we're going to do. Stock price can do what it's going to do. We're not care. We're not concerned that much about the day-to-day -day fluctuations. That's assuming a company doesn't need to finance imminently. That need to finance imminently can obviously change that equation. But that's that's almost what they did. But he couldn't help himself. He couldn't refrain from ad hominem attacks. And I think when and so many companies actually do this, and I think they pay. They pay these crisis consultants who evidently okay this, where they, they put report in quotes and they criticize the value of it as they, they call it non-research, basically. So that's the first ad hominem attack. And that's stupid. Now, when you get into ad hominem attacks, as Dan, I think you'll, you'll probably agree, when we're on the side of receiving that ad hominem attack response, that makes shit personal. So... I, I got to tell you, like, I've been doing this 10 years and, you know, some companies are, you know, the fight is more 
uh, some companies are more interesting to you know to deal with than others. And but the moment they make it a personal fight, like man, I'm I'm locked the fuck on. Right. And I imagine that's true of of Nate. So it was stupid from that perspective, and it really just serves to high. It it just serves to make it glaring that there was no substantive response here. I think it's okay to avoid a substantive response, but don't call names or, you know, don't call them names because the fact that you're trying to make them look bad by calling them names, it really discredits you at, at that stage. So it's almost could have been the right response, but it ended up being a horrible response. Well, I think that one of the smart things that was definitely Kirkland Ellis driving it was saying, well, we contacted the SEC. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, great. Well, but, yeah. I mean, first yet- of all, I mean that's 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 a stupid that's a stupid fucking statement because a <laughs> the SEC was aware. That's okay? what I, that's like, what I mean. That's what I'm a, saying. It's, it's smart stock. for it's actually it's a big stock. It's actually smart for it's, them. It's a big stock to for the, for them to say we contacted the SEC because obviously the SEC is aware. They're going to contact you within days. But you say you contacted them the day of. So when you have to disclose that there's an investigation, you're like, well, of course there's an investigation. We contacted them. And, and the average investor will you know, kind of go for that. I mean, we don't. We understand. But that's, that's what they're saying. They know an investigation is coming. It's going to focus on them. There's no doubt about it. But people may not believe that now because, well, hey, it was the company that contacted the SEC. Uh, I, look, I don't know that that one really. I I felt that that was actually a, a mistake, a statement for them to make. Um, again, because it it has to, it makes them seem super overly sensitive. Um, which, as I said, I, I think the whole name of the game here is you play it cool. Because if there is nothing really wrong with your company, you should be cool. Like, all right, you dropped a few points. You know, in the the stock dropped a few points. Your theoretical wealth declines some, but if you're playing the long game, you know, it's okay. You shrug it off. So putting the SEC in there, and especially, you know, we see short activists do that too. And I always think that's a cheap parlor trick when it, when they write something like, and we have shared our concerns with the SEC. Um, so I, I think it's just as cheap a parlor trick when the company does it in a response. Now, Kirkland and so really though the the thing that I thought was the the funniest was they're trying to live in the halo of their law firm. Usually these guys in the response they try to live in the halo of their auditor, you know their law firm. I mean, look, Kirkland and Ellis is a good law firm. Full disclosure, I I did a some my summer associate gig there when I was in law school and I got an offer to join them. But you know, law firms are corporate prostitutes, right? And they have <laughs> reputations because they're good at helping their clients get away with the shit they probably shouldn't be doing. So when you're left to try to bask in the halo of your fucking law firm, I don't know, man. Like, you're better off just not saying anything. Uh, it's pathetic enough when you do it with the auditor. <laughs> when, you, when, when, you know, when your go-to is your law firm, like, these guys will let us pay them fifteen hundred dollars an hour do you know what that means it means you guys raise some money and you can pay a fucking bill but the moment you run out of money trust me nobody's taking your phone call at kirkland yeah here's a here's a hint to all the companies that we we may disagree with in the future we're not impressed by your law firm not ever not any of them or your threats of a lawsuit been there done that just like you know 
don't threaten, just drop the lawsuit. You know what we call that? Tuesday. Don't care. As Carson is saying, run your business. Stop with the threats. It doesn't, you're not helping shareholders when you come out with these threats that you're going to burn down somebody's house, basically, theoretically, and take everything they have. It, you know, for, for somebody like, like a Nate or, or us, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Say what you're going to say. But it's going to end the way it's going to end. And that's probably going to be with the facts coming out. And, yes, the SEC is most definitely involved in this. And I think there's going to be some, some questions regarding some of the statements that have made been made presentations that have been made uh they're obviously insiders here right they're you know former employees whistleblowers whatever you want to call them that have come forward and the sec is going to be talking to them no doubt i mean what's what's gm's reaction to this i mean how can they not look at this and not have known that it was a, a truck that went pinewood derby style down a hill well well did you look at the agreement that gm signed with them at all? You, no. 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 Okay. okay. So, so Nicola effectively gave GM eleven percent equity in their company for the uh, for the option to pay GM in the future to produce their trucks. So, so not even for it just no, no, no. That wasn't the payment. For the services, that was the payment to sign the contract. It was basically just a really, really dilutive press release. Yeah, at this point, Carl, you may want to go read that. I mean, I think, I think financially, GM's going to be fine. It's not that they're this couldn't look bad for them, uh, but I don't, I don't see them ending up getting hurt financially here. Uh, they do have a former um, high-level, C-level executive of GM on the board for Nic- Nicola. Uh, so I'm sure there's some some talk back and forth, but really they're just you, you know GM's you know in a sweet spot here for Nicola to survive. They're building their product, right? Yeah, and they yeah. But I, I go, go ahead, Carson. Oh uh, no, I was going to say it, it's similar to that question about what's Jeff Ubbin going to do. Okay, the point at this stage, if you're a director, major shareholder, whether you're GM or your up in yeah if you come to feel that the report has merit you just want to avoid embarrassment so again the, the way to avoid embarrassment is to not publicly ratify it by leaving immediately or distancing yourself you only distance yourself when it's clear that there's going to be a lot of shit splattering and you're going to get splattered no matter what so that's when you basically throw Trevor under the bus. But up until that moment, yeah, you just try to minimize embarrassment to yourself, hope it goes away, um, and don't do anything that lends credibility, additional credibility to the report. Well, I, I think for my part, I'm just speaking for myself, I think the report does have merit. I mean, it, it has a lot of merit. It speaks to, you know, a, a kind of ongoing flaw that Trevor Milton has in his personality that the board may be able to control for a period of time, but will rear itself again soon. Uh, and, you know, really they should look at this. And I want to remind people that it is, it is the board of directors job to protect shareholders. 
That's who they're supposed to be looking out for. Not necessarily, you know, Trevor Milton, but shareholders and what's in their best interest here. And I'd like to see, I'd like to see Nicola come out next week and drive some of their fucking cars down the road. That would really help, I would think. I'd like to see a truck, like, not running down a hill, but driving up a hill without a tow chain or something to that effect. I went on their, their website because I, like you, Carson, wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to, to Nicola. And every one of their products looks awesome. Great website, great pictures. But that's all they are, are pictures. There's literally nothing working. They show no vehicles running at all. Nothing, they, they don't have any real videos of something actually working in motion. Nothing with the hood up, so to speak, so you can see the product itself. And if Nicola could do that next week, and why couldn't they, right? If they have working vehicles, prototypes, they should be able to roll that out right now and say, hey, look, this is us going to 0 to 60 in 2.9 seconds. They could do that Saturday, tomorrow. Trevor posted uh, not too long ago uh, uh, today a couple pictures of a truck being assembled at their factory in Germany. looked pretty close to completion, so if you could actually drive that out into the parking lot. Well, they're supposed to have a prototype. Am I wrong yeah. about that? Was the truck they unveiled not supposed to be able to run? They claimed, in some, in, at least according to parts of the report, that they removed certain pieces of the truck that could be potentially dangerous during the trial run of it. Okay. Well, they, they had something that looked like it was working, but it was going down a hill. And now let's see if it runs. But that's just, that's a small but one thing. One of the things, Go ahead. One, of, one of the things I think is just kind of an interesting commentary about the whole Nikola situation is it's really interesting seeing these CEOs who I think just at face are total douches, but are really able to raise a lot of money. You know, whether it's like the, the woman with two glass eyes who never changed her Steve Jobs turtleneck or it's <laughs> this dude or, you know, Adam Newman doing his Jewish Jesus vegan, but I really meet and smoke weed on the fucking plane thing. I mean, these are people who are like obvious douches, but I mean, they're able to really get people to back them with money. So it's kind of like, you know, where where are we in the cycle when, this is almost the rigor here. Well, I have it on good authority that Jesus smoked weed. So, uh, <laughs> if I were a Christian, I'd be mad. Ah. <laughs> Luckily, you're a Buddhist. All right. Well, yeah. I'm I mean, an atheist, maybe hardcore atheist. Yeah, are you? <laughs> well, the hell with you. Let's have another podcast on that later. What do we? What do you think happens? Well, look, and, I didn't, and, I'm, and I'm not the one who accused Jesus of smoking weed. So, come on. Hey, bro, I'm, For, I doubt it was illegal 2,000 years ago, okay? I mean, I don't, I don't think he was breaking any kind of fucking laws uh, 2,000 Did he do shrooms, For too? For the record. What's that? We're going to crucify you twice. Yeah, Did he prob- do shrooms, too? Probably. I, I, who knows? Who knows? For the record, I wasn't, I wasn't offended by, your, by you being atheist. Uh, I just thought it would be an interesting podcast. What's that? When I... When I said we should have another podcast about that. 
about Carson being an atheist? Yeah. I don't think I don't, like I don't find that very interesting. It's not either. really that interesting. Yeah. Well, no, especially yeah. since not only do yeah. I have no faith in humanity, I have no faith in the heavens. <laughs> yeah. End of story. Same. Yeah. Have a good Same. day. And All right. So what do we think happens from here? Uh, so the report came out. I think you, you and I both agree. And, and I do want to say as a, as a side commentary to where the markets are right now and what's been happening, the irrationality with the kind of liquidity is just being thrown at the market and people are like, I don't know what to do with this money. I'll just, I'll just put it in any fucking thing that, that a critical report does ha still have an effect. So I, I found that to be a little encouraging that people will still pay attention to some criticism when it's well presented uh, and, and the facts are there. Did you have any thoughts on that either guys? Well, I, th I think it's helpful to keep in mind that at the price, wherever it is, was, you know, 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago, when we stepped in here, uh, on a three-month chart, it is still up 140% from three months ago. Uh -huh. So I think that helps, you know, when you have a levitating SPAC, you know, pre-revenue, I think, um no, I mean, look. It, yeah, that the, helps. the market, the market that I'm looking at is so irrational. It, you know, it, one it of the things I've up. seen is is I, I, I've actually yet to see a company that is has had a report come out and be, there be so much lack of support on on the like the social media on the Twitter. They're just getting trashed and destroyed, and the most ridiculous memes are just dropping all over them like manna from heaven it's fantastic uh, it's on the twitter yeah uh -huh. on the twitter did you did you use the google for that uh yeah yes on the old uh interweb <laughs> yeah well uh i i do have there there are actually some bag holder tweets but most of them are from trevor milton himself it's, so i don't think <laughs> it's amazing how many more people we had bitching at us for Remark and for MVIS yeah, donkeys. It is true. Yeah, Remark who dismissed Cherry. Cherry, how do you how do you say the name? What? Uh, Cherry Cher Becker. Cherry Becker. Oh, oh, the, as their Be auditor the, the other day. Becker, yeah. that's a hard one. Um, yeah, I did, did. I didn't see a whole lot of support for uh, for Nicola on this one, uh, like like you would he maybe on Tesla. Invested in the bot. He hasn't invested in the uh, bot armies of trolls yet, so uh, just you wait. Go to China. Yeah. He hasn't spoken to Dave Portnoy. <laughs> that too. He he, he rebuttal he rebuts like Portnoy. Right. Uh, so what do we think happens from here? Any thoughts? Let's make some predictions of what's going to happen. For my part, I think you know the stock continues to fall apart based on this response and. And yeah, the ad hominem attacks from from Trevor, they're going to have to do something or and or some activist is going to step up, uh, throw their hat in the ring, buy and, and, and squeeze this thing. That's my opinion. Why are they going to have to do something? I said if I this continues to go down based on this response, I mean, look, it's down what? At one point, another 20% today, uh, it continues to roll that way. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. Look, you and I both know how they should respond, and 
we also both know that's not often what they do. They start to get, you know, really itchy about it. They get calls from investors who they don't care if they're up 100% from their initial investment. What they care about is they were up 300% from their initial investment. And somebody's going to have to do something. And that's usually what ends up happening. I think it's important to note also um, a lot of their initial investors actually cashed out um, probably 100% ago or so um, when the stock was really, I think it hit 90 yeah, in, in yeah. uh, July. Wow, I didn't even they, see that. They, wow. Yeah, they did a secondary offering, which was, uh, I don't know if it was 100% selling shareholders but it was mostly insiders and early investors dumping the spat guys dumping um so that you know they got their money out really um All right. but i don't know i mean this guy's obviously impulsive he's you know i think he's a wannabe elon musk so who knows what will happen. So Car Carson's vote is nothing happens. Why do they have to do anything? And you're who knows. Well, I, I, I go. I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to make a prediction. I mean, I don't think they need to do anything. But this is 2020. OK, there's nothing that you can predict here. I mean, I think we'll be lucky if, you know, the, a fucking meteor doesn't hit us this weekend. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, it's I'm not going to predict. I'm not going to try to predict anything. So. I don't think they really have to do anything. I don't think it's this big, you know, emergency right now for Jeff Ubbin if he doesn't treat it as an emergency, at least publicly. And, you know, I mean, is it, it worst case scenario? Uh, well, maybe not the worst case scenario, but a, a plausible bad case scenario for Nikola is that air comes out of it. It's looked at as a bubble stock and, you know, there's no, there, there are no charges, whether civil or criminal, ever brought against Trevor Milton. I mean, that's a real, that's a real potential outcome. Another potential outcome is he's able to yoke the stock back up. So, um, you know, I, I, but I'm not gonna, I, I'm just not gonna predict anything, especially this year. Fair enough. What are the odds that uh, they end up at some point moving on from Trevor Milton? He's not really bringing anything out of the table other than vaporware at this point, right? Well, it's kind of like your contribution to this podcast. That's true. Just, just fluff. <laughs> just fluff. It really, it really is. It is. It is. It is. You are vaporware, Carl. <laughs> I think. I think the odds are zero, um, or ne or near zero. But, but I mean, don't don't companies like this need a douche in chief? Going back to my earlier of, point, of course, if you don't I mean, have a product, your you need douche to, if you get rid yeah. of this one. This guy's like a pretty this this guy. It's hard to top this guy in in douchiness. He um, almost is the product, isn't he? Isn't he? Isn't isn't Trevor Milton almost the product as well as? I mean, since they don't really have one, I, I, I guess he is the product. <laughs> well, the stock's the product, Probably. right? Yeah. All well, right. Well, yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Look, um, just for my part. Good report. Good on you, Nate. Good on you, Hindenburg. You're having yeah. a great year. Uh, you know, happy for that. Uh, you may get sued over this, but it's worthy. Oh, geez. I almost forgot. What yeah. the fucking I, I know fuck hell? I know where you're about Andrew to go. Left comes out of left <laughs> field and says, if you get sued, I'll cover half your expenses. Yeah. Look, at, look how much money I have. Yeah. <laughs> 
Did you see that <laughs> well, person? Remember the last. Remember the last time Andrew was willing to. Uh, do, remember when uh, Andrew publicly went against Tesla, um, and I think filed suit against uh, Musk over 420. But then Andrew later ended up long. Maybe yeah, this he, should just be he, a precursor to Andrew uh, announcing a long at some point. <laughs> so, yeah. So when he said, I'm going to cover half your expenses, he was talking about Nicola? <laughs> I <Yeah>. guess so. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably. I don't know. Like, if it's anything... Andrew must have been bored. He's, he's, he's itching for another fight, you know? A- Andrew, years ago, I sat down with him for lunch on the day that I got hit with the lawsuit, and I was bitching about it to him. And he said to me, he's like, you know how much money I've made over the years as a defendant? I think he starts every conversation out that way. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like, it works. So Andrew Andrew loves the fight. So Yeah, he does. I get it. He's good at it. He's good at it. He is. He's great at it. So, yeah, but I, 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 I thought that. Look, man, I mean, never in a million years do I think I'm I'm in this huge fight with with this big law firm and uh, and somebody's going to come out of left field that actually has the money because Andrew has the money and says, yeah, I'll cover half your expenses. I mean, good on you, Andrew. Let's see if uh, let's see if that happens. Well, truth be told, Nate should have made some real money on this one. So hopefully he if he if he actually needs Andrew's contribution there, he did something wrong. Well, let's 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 look at that for a second because, I mean, I don't know uh, if you had a significant amount of your position two or three days prior to this report, um, you were averaging up in a very big way. Because what did this thing go well, up two days so prior to the report? It was yeah on the GM deal it was up fifty percent on Tuesday, right? Report came out. Thursday, yeah, yeah. So Tuesday it's up fifty percent. Wednesday it's down ten to fifteen percent, I think. Um, yeah, and then Thursday report drops, and I, I don't remember what it closed down. 20. Bu- Business Insider reported that fifty-one million dollars was was the take for the shorts. Okay, well, never there, that, uh, that I, has I never think, been correct. I think you have to be. That would, I think you have to be pretty careful about. Trying to trying to figure out how much was shorted, but trying, sure. the thing trying is, this take... stock trades like water, right? I don't think, you know, unless unless Nate's swinging like biggest bat I've ever seen, I don't think you put that position on until the day before you publish the report. So I don't, I I don't know. I'd be shocked if he rode this thing up um, all the way, um, uh, I... you know, after the announcement. So. Yeah, I was I, I was thinking, my my expectation is he's done quite well so far. Yeah, I hope so. I was thinking that I mean if if he was lucky enough to not you know started at, uh building the position before that probably Tuesday was like Christmas for him. You know, if you know you're about to publish this report Ugh. and the stock jumps 50% on what is obviously a bullshit deal with GM if you read the first 3 pages. Um I mean, you, you start. Meaning, meaning you start, it's not a good deal for Nicola. It's it, it it's not. A it's bullshit. a great deal for GM. Well, right. It's right. not. It's not a bullshit deal in that it doesn't exist. Right. 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 Yeah. It's not worthy of a fifty percent jump in the stock. Mm-hmm. But in any case, when you have a report like this, two days out, 
and the stock's up 50% in a day. And you're, he probably started, at least started building the position that day, right? Or maybe that jump made him made uh, him release the report. Yeah, no, dude, that's not it. No, I mean, like you you're putting this much work, months and months worth of work, in, into into a report. It's not yeah. you're not really timing the market. The market times you. Yeah, uh, I think so, it was just kind of yeah. Well, lucky or unlucky, depending on when he started. Right. Well, there you go. I listen. I don't care if he made $150 million on this report. If the guy gets sued, I'd be calling Andrew being like, hey, I will be sending you a monthly statement <laughs> of my legal fees, and uh, I expect that to be covered there, pal. Either that or I'd post those statements on Twitter if you don't send a check. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. All right, cool. Well, look, uh, this is this is going to be interesting. We may talk about it again at some point. Um, as As I've said... We're going to start running a podcast here in earnest. In the next few weeks, we'll be doing interviews with high-profile individuals such as Carson. Carson will will join us from time to time as a guest color commentator, and people like him. We have, we have some interviews from little-known, well, well-known short sellers who haven't done a lot of interviews, like Soren Angdahl from Blue Orca, uh, John Carnes of Alfred Little fame. More to come on that. And we might do some politics, too. Who knows? Maybe we'll get some controversial people in here that are investing in politics. I don't think Madeline Dean will come in, but that would be nice. I would be uh, very, you need to book her. I, well, dude, I'd I, be very complimentary of her if she, if she were on that. Like, I'd want to be on with her at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, last I heard, she took $200,000 of your money. So I'd be complimentary of her, too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, look, I, you know, yeah, what you I could have funded opposition to a much worse candidate. That's, uh, yeah, that's, you know, there you go. She, she's not, she's not that bad. Well, I mean, I think that there, there's a, there's a crossover for politics and investing sometimes. And you, you want to get some of those in here. I think we're dying for some of that content and, uh, hopefully you'll join us in the future and hear about it. And just remember, I hung up on Warren Buffett.